Hey, this is Scott Solomon. I hope you've enjoyed the first season of Wild World. We'll be taking a little break to make some new episodes. And we're excited to return with a second season of conversations with fascinating people working to help us understand, appreciate, and protect our wild world. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed our first season, please consider leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. We'd also love to hear from you. Tell us what you think, what places or topics you'd like to hear about in future episodes, or share a picture or a story from your own travels and adventures. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter using at Wild World Show, where you can also see photos of our guests and the wild places they work. We've also got a website where you can see even more photos and listen to all the episodes. The website is wildworldshow.com. Before we sign off for this season, we wanted to share a little more of the conversation I had with nature and wildlife photographer Tui DeRoy. Tui has lived in the Galapagos Islands since her family moved there in 1955, when she was just two years old. Her unique perspective as a local, and as a photographer, has given her both a keen eye for detail and the opportunity to observe how the islands and its wildlife have changed over the last half century. I asked Tui what she thinks about the future of Galapagos and how what she sees in Galapagos might be relevant for wild places throughout the world. About Galapagos, I think I'm looking at the present and future of Galapagos and of the world, but of Galapagos in particular. And I think... You know, there's been more than 60 years of intensive research and conservation and applied research for conservation. And there have been many great successes, like saving the Española giant tortoise, the saddleback tortoise, from imminent extinction, like returning, recreating nearly the Floriana tortoise that went extinct shortly after Charles Darwin visited. And hybrids were discovered, tortoises that had escaped on another island, and so they're now being backbred to something pretty close to the original. So, you know, this is all pretty exciting, and some of these animals are being put back on islands that were ravaged by introduced mammals, and all those mammals have been or are being removed. So. We've seen and we are seeing great successes and that's really reassuring and comforting. But I think in a way we're being a little complacent because there are many other things that are happening that are threatening the future of Galapagos. There are battles being fought right now to try and get on top of an introduced avian vampire fly. And the solution, they've made great leaps forward the solution seems to be imminent. In a year or two, this fly ha- parasitizes the nests of all the Darwin's finches and other small birds and kills usually 100% of the chicks in the nest by sucking their blood and eating them. And it has no enemies here in Galapagos. It's As an adult, it's a fruit fly, not a regular fruit fly, but it eats fruit, so it must have arrived with some fruit. And there is a biological control that is very, very promising. Another parasite, a parasitic wasp, 
which they are, the scientists are hoping to be able to release in the next year or two to get on top of this fly. Luckily, the small birds are long lived here, much longer than on the mainland. And if, that, if they can release the control soon enough, we're fine. But if we're not, we're going to see a sudden collapse of almost all the land bird species. And so, you know, we're living on a knife edge here, ecologically speaking. And um, it's interesting. I've gained a lot of perspective. I've seen what climate change is doing. Some of the scientists and the conservation managers are not prepared to accept some of the observations that I've that I claim because they haven't been around long enough. They say, oh, we must monitor the situation. I say, you, you can't monitor the past. You know, I'm telling you what it looks like now compared to what it looked like then. And But I'm not a scientist. So it's tricky sometimes and frustrating at times too. And then, you know, the human footprint, again, globally, puts pressure on Galapagos. Galapagos is being overfished, despite the fact that the local fisheries are hailed as as well-managed and sustainable. I personally don't really believe they are, because I'm seeing certain things happening. I'm seeing the, the lobster population being down so low that sea urchins are exploding, and we are seeing sea urchin barrens that are eating the algae that marine iguanas depend on. I've seen marine iguanas in the last two or three years starving in the middle of La Nina when the conditions should be perfect for an overabundance of food for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm shouting on the rooftops, but I haven't found anybody to really listen. I mean, yes, there are scientists who are becoming concerned about this, but there's always a lag time before the problem is being analyzed. And so, as I say, we are living dangerous times and human pressure all over the world, all over the oceans, almost every fishery in the world is on the verge of collapse. And Galapagos is not completely excluded from that. So, you know, I would like to make a call to action. And I have done at the last meeting of the Charles Darwin Foundation. I've pleaded for a call to action to say we are looking at an emergency situation emerging here. But of course, the entire world is looking at emergency situations right, left and center. Right now, we're bracing for the arrival of the avian influenza, the avian flu, which has already reached the coast of Peru and killed tens of thousands of seabirds. It's reached chicken farms on the mainland of Ecuador, so all import of chicken products have been banned to Galapagos. Will it be enough? We'll find out in a few weeks' time, probably. So we're living dangerous times. Mm. I think that's all I can say about that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really important message. That was nature photographer and lifetime resident of the Galapagos Islands, Tui DeRoy. You can hear the rest of my conversation with Tui in Episode 3, Experiencing Galapagos with Tui DeRoy and Lee Emke. To learn more about Tui and see some of her outstanding photography, go to her website, galapagosconsultant.com. I want to thank my excellent producers, Todd Holslander and Mark DeClaudio at 3Wire Creative for all the great work they've done this season, with everything from booking studios to all the post-production editing. 
I'd also like to thank Mark Railston at allvius.com, who designed the Wild World logo and runs our merch shop. If you'd like to get a t-shirt, poster, or coffee mug with the Wild World logo, there's a link to the merch shop from the Wild World website. Thanks for listening. I'm Scott Solomon. Join me next season as we explore even more of our wild world. <laughs>